Well, hey, friends, welcome to Seacoast. My name is Josh Walters, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church. I want to welcome you. So glad that you joined us this weekend, whether it's in person at a campus or at home, traveling anywhere around the world, wherever it might be. We are wrapping up uh, as of this weekend, uh, two weeks. We're 14 days into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I hope that you've been able to join us either in person or online. We're gathering at seven o'clock every morning for a time of prayer and fasting. You know, usually we start off every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. But this year, as we prepare to send kids back to school, as we prepare to gather again in person on the weekend, man, we wanted to prioritize our pursuit of God. And so I hope that you've gotten to join us. It is going to wrap up next weekend where we are praying and preparing that by God's grace, we're going to be able to open up our facilities again for in-person gatherings, worship. I hope that you will uh, join us. I want you to know we have prepared for that with your safety in mind at every campus. We've spaced out seating. We're going to be seated every other row. We've got plenty of hand sanitizer. We're going to be asking people to wear masks, trying to do it as safely as possible. But man, we are just excited. It's been so refreshing to gather during this 21 days and worship together with people in person. But we want you to know, if for any reason you can't return or you don't feel comfortable or ready to come back, then our at-home experience is going to be just as personal and powerful as it's been up to this point. And we look forward to worshiping with you in person. I also want you to know that next week on Friday, September 11th, is our lead pastor's birthday. And I know many of you have been thinking, how am I going to get Pastor Josh his gift? And so the good news is you can just bring it with you to church, right? No, I'm just kidding. What we are doing, it is his birthday, and we are going to celebrate you. But what we're also doing next weekend as we reopen, it will have been six months since we gathered in person. Can you believe that? And I know in this season, it has led many of you to Jesus. And the next step of obedience after beginning a relationship with Christ is baptism. And so next weekend, across all of our campuses, we're going to be celebrating baptism. So if you've recently made a decision to follow Christ, your campus pastor can get you more information on how to sign up for that. But we're going to be celebrating baptism across all of our campuses. Well, hey, let me pray for us. Pray for our time together today as we get in God's word and we will jump into the message. God, we thank you so much for this season. We praise you for the season of fasting and prayer and for the way that you have just revealed yourself to us and been, been with us. And we pray into next week as we gather together for in-person gatherings. God, just be with us. It is gonna be so exciting to see people and worship together in person. But I pray for our time together today as we, as we get in your word. God, would you speak to us? Would you reveal yourself to us? Will we come away changed? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, for the last six months, we have been walking through a season where disappointment has been plentiful. Would you agree with that? So much disappointment. What was the last thing that you were disappointed about? Do you remember, you remember when it was? Remember what it was? Man, recently I've talked with students, college students, that were excited to go off to college. They had applied to the school of their dreams. They got in. They were excited to move out of their parents' house and move into a dorm or move into a house with some friends and get started at school. And college has started, but instead they're doing it at home, at their parents' house. You know, like, ah, oh, so disappointed, right? I've talked to a lot of parents whose, whose souls were aching for schools to open back up so that they could send their first grader, their seventh grader, their 10th grader back to school for that sweet partnership with the teacher who would educate them. <laughs> because as parents... That was a challenge last year. 
and few people have gone back. Instead, I've heard from a lot of parents going to school, picking up a Chromebook, because their student is still going to be educated at home for a season. It's like, oh man, so disappointing. Even now, five, six months into the craziness of the coronavirus, just this week, I talked with a number of folks whose positions were eliminated, or they were let go, or they were asked to move across the country if they wanted to maintain work and stay with the company. And it's left folks questioning like, man, what do I do? So much disappointment. For some of us, the disappointment has been serious. And for others, it's just been silly. Like there's stuff happening in your life that it's like amidst all this other stuff going on, is this really happening right now? For Katie and I, we've had some silly disappointments lately in the form of rats underneath our house. <laughs> I saw some insulation blowing up in one of our air vents and I was like, what in the world is that? So I go crawl under the house only to see that they had chewed through some ductwork. There's rat poo, it reeks, it smells so bad. And so I'm like, gosh, I can't to deal with this now. We go buy some traps. I set them up underneath the house. I call somebody to come out and look at it. They say they could capture them all and secure underneath the house for $1,000. I was like, that's not going to work. You know? So I'm going to have to catch these things myself. I caught a few. I was feeling encouraged. I'm husband, pastor, father, and Mr. Critter. Like, I'm going to be able to do this thing, you know? Only to realize that, like, they stopped coming to my traps. I don't really know what to do. And so I built a box. And I was feeling all confident, like I had done some Google search and I built this box, I put a trap in it. I come out the next day, crawl under the house after the kids have gone down, only to find out that these rats have flipped my box upside down, chewed through the bottom of the box to get to the bait so that they didn't set off the trap. I'm like, man, I can't even catch a rat. <laughs> I walk inside, so disappointed, walk into our room and Katie says, hey, how'd, how'd it go? Did you get them? I was like, nah, man, I'm disappointed hang my head, feeling defeated. I go to change and get in bed, and she says, whoa, 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 hey, weren't you just in the rat's house? Like, you were underneath our house. You can't get in this bed until you shower. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't, I had pants and a long sleeve shirt. She's like, no, 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 you gotta go. I'm like, man, I can't get in my own bed. I can't catch a rat, right? Season's just marked by discouragement, whether it's, it's real or whether it's rats, right? We can all identify with some discouragement in this season. We've been through some stuff. But what do you do when you're just not feeling it? When there's just not a, a switch that you can flip inside of you? How many of you would agree with me? It's a whole lot easier for me to encourage others in their disappointment than it is for me to encourage myself in mine. When other people are discouraged, I can look at the big picture of their life, where they've been, how gifted they are, where they might be going. I've got scripture that I can quote to them. They can piggyback on my faith and positivity. But when I'm the one that's disappointed, when I'm the one that's walking through some stuff, man, I just can't put on a smile and feel better. As bad as I want to believe it's not over, as much as I want a comeback story, I just can't do it for myself all the time. Well, the Bible is full of stories of men and women who are in similar situations. Men and women who called circumstances in their life dead, done, and gone. They were convinced that it was over, only to learn otherwise. And that our prayer is that as we step back into to school, as we step back into church, as we approach this fourth quarter, right, of, of 2020, that hope and faith would rise up in us, that we might believe that, man, it is not over. When I was in high school, I played football, and every game, regardless of how it had gone, when the fourth quarter started, we will hold up our hands and scream, 
four. And it was kind of a, a reminder for all of us that, hey, if things have gone good, don't get complacent because they could turn. If things have gone bad, man, it is not over. We have still got time. And that is our hope for each of us as we head in to this fourth quarter of the year. It's in the moments where we're disappointed that discouragement can set in, that we're all the more likely to believe that it's over. So the question that I want us to, to process this weekend is how do we overcome disappointment? We're all going to experience it in our lives, but what do we do to ensure that we don't stay there? One of the best examples of this I found in scripture is from the life of Peter. Many of you are, are probably familiar with Peter. He was outspoken, bold, full of faith kind of guy. Peter's the one that when Jesus appeared to the disciples while they were in the boat, he says, hey, if it's you, call me out to you. Peter steps out of the boat, right? And he's walking on water. Peter's the one that when the guards came to arrest Jesus, he pulls out a sword and he chops off one of the guards' ears. Just bold, passionate guy. Peter's the one that when Jesus said, who do people say that I am? Peter responded that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Well, it was the day before Jesus was arrested. He's at the last supper with the disciples. And at one point in the conversation, he turns to speak with Peter. And this is what he says. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. That sounds just like Peter, right? This bold, passionate response. I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. So in his bold reply, I'll go anywhere with you to prison, to death, Jesus says, Peter, I know what's in a man. I know that you're going to disappoint me. You're going to disappoint yourself. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. See, I believe that, that Peter meant those words. He passionately loved Jesus. He meant that he would go anywhere for him. He would do anything for him. But how many of you know that oftentimes in life, man, we can find ourselves doing things that we said we would never do, disappointing others and disappointing ourselves. Well, just a few verses later, Jesus is arrested. And in Luke 22, this is what it reads. Then seizing him, they led him away, talking about Jesus, and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked at him closely and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was, was with him for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. He went outside and wept bitterly. Can you imagine the disappointment that must have come over Peter? Having just said that I'll go to prison for you, I'll die for you, and genuinely meaning it. And I can see what Peter was doing here. They arrest Jesus. I'm trying to keep my eye on him as they take him. People are saying, hey, you're one of them. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, 
I can put myself in his story thinking I'm, I'm kind of 007 this thing. I'm gonna stay close to Jesus to see what happens. Only to realize that I do the very thing that I said I would never do. That I've, I've denied him. And, and then to have to lock eyes with Jesus. The Bible tells us that he went out and wept bitterly. He ugly cried. Boo-hooing, shoulders shrugging, boogers, the whole thing, right? There's times in our disappointment where we all need an ugly cry. And that was Peter in this case, just absolutely devastated. See, all too often when we read about these characters in Scripture, it can be difficult for us to identify or relate to them emotionally. And today, as we talk about what does it look like for us to overcome disappointment and preparing for the message, I was reminded of a video that I, I saw on Facebook. Do any of you ever find yourself watching ridiculous videos on Facebook? I'll be watching the morning encouragement and it ends, amen, I'm getting fired up. And somehow five minutes later, I find myself watching videos of some guy pranking his girlfriend, cars racing, a street fight, a dog riding a skateboard, <laughs> like just, just ridiculous stuff. Well, I saw this video and I, I'm praying, my prayer for the weekend is that it would provide a visual for you. You can be certain that you are going to have disappointment. There are going to be times in your life that, that cause you to go out and weep bitterly, but I'm praying that this video and the truth of Peter's story would help you, would empower you next time to reframe the disappointment in your life. So let's take just a minute and watch this video. Can you believe that? You talk about flipping the script, right? Okay, so listen, now that you have seen the video, now that you know the outcome, I want us to watch it one more time, but this time I'm gonna pause it and talk us through it. All right, this is the Bangkok Soccer Club. It's the semifinals. The game has gone into, the, into overtime and the game is tied. Each team has selected a handful of players to take shots on the goalie to determine the winner. And this guy is the one taking the shot. He's in the hot seat, all right? When was the last time that you were in a hot seat? Facing a moment that maybe you had trained for, prepared for, one that you were excited about, you were, you were capable of attaining it. You were so excited that maybe you had talked with friends or family about it. Other people knew that you were going after it, so they had been praying for you, all eyes, were on you in a sense. Maybe it was about the girl that you were gonna ask to homecoming or the school that you were gonna apply and try to attend, the business that you were gonna start, the job that you were gonna go after. Finally, at some point, all eyes are on you. You've lined up and it's time for you to take the shot and what happens? Oh, gosh. You hit the crossbar, right? Your head drops in disappointment. You're feeling like a loser, just like, gosh, I cannot believe that this happened. The other team is running off in victory. People are celebrating and cheering all around you, right? And for most of us in our disappointment, this is where the video ends. This is where the real in our life stops. But in this case, you hear the crowd cheering. 
there's some excitement that somehow, some way, things aren't the way you thought they were, right? You would label this thing as over, but it's not over. You scored victory is yours. There is, in fact, something to celebrate, right? All of us are going to experience disappointment in our lives. But the question for us this weekend is how do we overcome disappointment? And the first thought there for us, we're going to kind of take the visual of this video and the principle, principles in Peter's life so that the next time we face disappointment, we might overcome it, all right? So the first thought for us when we face disappointment is don't be quick to hang your head. Don't be quick to hang your head. See, one of the unique things about Peter's story is that he experienced it moment by moment, day by day, just as you and I do. But at this point in history, we get to sit down and read his story in full, right? We can know that Jesus is going to restore him. He's going to do amazing things. But oftentimes in our, in our disappointment, we end the video. We think this is it. It's over. It's dead. But the same is true in our lives. God wants to show up and do amazing things. Think about the video. What happened to both the guy who kicked the ball and the goalie? The guy who missed the shot, he hung his head in disappointment thinking this thing was over. The goalie, he ran off celebrating. Both, both of them overreacted over emotionally. And when we do that, when we overreact emotionally, it causes us to operate in our feelings instead of our faith. And man, when we do that, hanging our head, gosh, is going to be a natural response. The disappointment that we feel inside can become visual to those outside. As believers, it's so important that we don't forget that the most important comeback story has already happened. And it's something that we are a part of. See, the invitation for Jesus, for us to come and follow him, was to embody the way that he lived, the way that we love others, the way that we extend grace and forgiveness and kindness, the way that we love our enemies, on and on and on, so many different attributes of him. It's important that we remember that resurrection is also an attribute of our God. And oftentimes we relegate the resurrection to an event instead of a lifestyle. Jesus conquered sin. He conquered the grave. That is my ticket to entry, that I might have a relationship with God through Christ. Yes, that's true. But we're not supposed to relegate it to just that event, but that we might walk in it all the days of our lives as believers. That we might look at circumstances and situations that seem dead and gone, and instead of reacting in our feelings, we would react in faith believing that God has good in store for me because he is victorious, I will be victorious. Because he conquered sin, because he conquered the grave, I can as well. Upon Jesus' death, the Bible tells us in John chapter 20 that Mary Magdalene runs to the tomb. And when she gets there, she learns that Jesus' body is gone. She runs back and tells the disciples they've taken his body. John and Peter run to the tomb. Peter runs straight in. John follows him behind him. And the Bible tells us that they believed. They believed what Mary had said, that they had taken his body. It goes on to say they did not yet understand that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And so what did they do? They returned back to the house that they were staying and they locked themselves in the upper room. And in John chapter 20, verse 19 through 22, we read, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. 
And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We can't be quick to hang our head. The most important comeback story, the resurrection has already happened. When I think about the amount of time that they spent locked up in that room, worried and anxious and fearful. And then I think about the amount of time that I spend in my life doing the same. Man, it's so important to remember that the risen Lord appeared to them. The risen Lord has appeared to us. Don't be quick to hang your head because this thing is not over. Friends, be certain there are going to be times in our life where we face epic disappointment. The loss of loved ones, our dreams are going to be shattered. There's going to be times where things uh, don't turn out the way that we thought they would. Jesus told us, he assured us, in this world, you will have trouble. But, and that is a big but, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He's overcome our, our disappointments. He's overcome our, our pain. He is the God of the resurrection. When disappointment comes, yeah, allow yourself to hurt. Allow yourself to be grieved, but do not stay there. So number one, don't be quick to hang your head. Second thing that we can learn from this video and Peter's life is that we've got to listen for the roar of the crowd. Listen for the roar of the crowd. Do you remember what happened after he, he kicked the ball? It hits the crossbar. He falls down in epic disappointment. Oh my gosh. After a minute, he hears, hey, hey, hey. People start to cheer so much so it causes him to lift his head and see like, man, what's, what's happening? What is there to be excited about? What is there to celebrate? The principle here for us is that believers, we have to allow ourselves to be moved by the words of our friends. Allow yourself to be moved by the words of your friends. You don't get to choose many of the disappointments that you're going to experience in life, but you do get to choose the people that are going to walk with you through them. And we all need people by our side, as the, by our side, as the Bible said, spurring us on towards love and good deeds. People, as Pastor Greg says, who love us but aren't all that impressed with us that when we start acting in ways other than the man of God or the woman of God he's called us to, when we start not believing his best for our future, people that are going to come up beside us and say like, man, come on, like that spur us on, that kicking us in the butt. Say, you're better than this. Come on, let's get back in this. I'm reminded about the night before Jesus' arrest when he's under great pressure and he goes into the garden to pray and he pulls a few of the disciples with him and says, hey, come pray with me. Who are the people in your life? that when you're under great pressure, right? When you're in the hot seat, you can reach out to them and tell them exactly what's going on with them. You can wake them up in the middle of the night and say, hey, bro, I need you to stand with me. I need you to pray with me. Be certain disappointment is going to come, but you were not meant to shoulder it alone. In John chapter 21, we find Peter and the disciples on the boat. Jesus had already appeared to them one time, but they're kind of in this, in this season of waiting. And it's at that point that Peter says, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm going to go out and go fishing. And what's interesting about this passage is that we don't read about the disciples fishing since they had first encountered Jesus when he said, hey, drop your nets, come and follow me. But it's at this point that they're out fishing. The other disciples say, hey, we'll come out with you. They fish all night and they haven't caught anything. And listen to what happens to Peter. It says in chapter John 21, verse seven, it says, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. See, for Peter, the roar of the crowd sounded like the voice of John. 
It was the guy there to say, hey, pick your head up. I know you're feeling lost. I know you're feeling disappointed, but look, it is the Lord. And Peter allowed the words of his friends to move him to action, right? To jump out of the boat, to do everything within his power to get close to Jesus. See, in the midst of our disappointment, the enemy would love for you to think you were alone. Yesterday, I just had a tough day. I was feeling discouraged and beat up and I just couldn't shake it. And it wasn't odd. It felt spiritual because I was preparing a message on disappointment. And I saw a friend at the grocery store on the way home and he said, man, how you doing? And so I was honest. I just told him like, man, I'm feeling beat up and down. He said, really? Man, I have too. It's been a hard day. And so starting last night, even into this morning, we've been texting each other, encouraging each other. And man, it has lightened the load. You are going to feel disappointment. You're going to walk through hard seasons, but you were not meant to shoulder them alone. And and by God's grace, there may be a name or two that come to mind for you right now. Who is the roar of the crowd in your life? Who are those men or women for you? And praise God that there are a few names that come to mind. But for others, maybe you're new to town, you're new to the church, maybe even you're new to faith. And you're like, man, the roar of the crowd in my life sounds a lot more like the club than it does Jesus. You know, I've, I've been there. Well, you are in luck, man. It is the beginning of the month and the best place for you to find community. The best way for you to take a next step is by checking out the inside track. All you have to do is text the word CONNECT to 320-320 and we'll follow up with you this week. You can experience it online. It's a course online. You'll get to meet some other folks that are new to the church, learn about the mission, the vision, the history of the church and what it would look like for you to join a small group or a serve team. So again, text CONNECT to 320-320. So how do we overcome disappointment? Number one, don't be quick to hang your head. Number two, listen for the roar of the crowd. And number three, got to keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. Do you remember what happened in the video? He hangs his head in defeat. He's discouraged. He's disappointed. He hears, hey, hey, hey. He lifts his head. And it's at that point he looks to see, man, the ball is going in the goal. I thought this thing was far gone. I thought it was over. And the reason that he thought that was because he had taken his eye off the ball. In any sporting event, your contribution to the team, the way that you determine the outcome of the game is by keeping your eye on the ball. In baseball, you're only going to hit it if you keep your eye on it. You're only going to catch it if you watch it into your glove. In golf, you're only going to hit it if you're looking at it, right? In football, you're only going to catch the pass or kick the ball if you have your eye on it. The whole team wins based on your ability to keep your eye on the ball. And for Peter, he had taken his eye off the ball. When Jesus had had been arrested and crucified and resurrected, it says the disciples had pulled back. They had locked themselves in the upper room. They had gone out fishing. They had gone from living lives on mission, out focused on the hurting, the lost, and the needy, and they had isolated. They had pulled in close. Well, at the point where Jesus appeared to them on the shore. At one point, he enters into a conversation with Peter, and this is what he says. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. 
The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. See, over and over throughout Jesus' ministry, he tells us that he came to seek and save the lost. It was not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick, that he had come for the lost sheep of Israel. He had made it very clear that his entire life and ministry was about people. And what he was saying to Peter here, in a sense, was keep your eye on the ball. Hey, in this season of disappointment and discouragement, you've withdrawn, you've isolated, you've started to focus on yourself and what you need to remember in your highs and your lows, in the good times and the bad times, that loving me is always going to be about other people, regardless of their politics, regardless of their color, regardless of how similar or different you may be. If you love me, you're gonna take care of my kids. If you love me, you're gonna provide, you're gonna look after, you're gonna govern, you're gonna care for my kids. What he was telling Peter is that you have got to keep your eye on the ball in the midst of your disappointment. One of my favorite things about this video is the outcome, right? Both the guy that kicked the ball and the goalie were in for an epic turnaround, an epic flip of the script, if you will. It is the most like real-time picture of the gospel that each of us in our disappointment, each of us in our sin can be quick to hang our head we can be quick to isolate, but the good news for each of you today, whether you've been walking with Jesus for a long time or if you desire to come to know him today for the very first time, is that because of the cross, when the enemy went off celebrating, God was about to flip the script. And because of what Jesus did, we can enter into a relationship with God through Christ. That's the beginning. That's the gate. That's the first step of good news. But then he invites you and I to live a resurrection lifestyle that in the midst of any disappointment we might walk through, any failures that we might experience, when we find ourselves having done the thing that we said we would never do, only to realize that there's eyes on us, that there's other people watching, that we would be able to pick up our head, that we might be inspired and encouraged, accepted and loved by people around us, and that we would be able to step into his purpose for our lives. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you are the God of the resurrection. And in the midst of my disappointment, you don't leave me broken and hurting, but you invite me to step into life, that hope and faith would rise up in me, that victory would be mine, even when it looks dead and gone and defeated. God, as we respond today, meet us in any disappointment in our life, in any place that we might feel alone, surround us with friends to encourage us, in any place that we're hanging our head by the power of your spirit, may you come and lift our head. God, will we remember that you have plans to prosper us and not to harm us, that you have good in store for us. Meet us today, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, if you're new here to Seacoast, this is my favorite part of every service where we ask two questions. God, what are you saying to me and what am I going to do about it? And I want to invite you to pray through these points, pray through these aspects of Peter's life. Are there any points in your life now where you have been quick to hang your head? You've called something dead and gone, and today, Jesus wants to invite you to speak life over it. You're gonna be the first one to say, God, I wanna believe this might not be over yet. It might not be dead and gone. I speak life into it in Jesus' name. Don't be so quick to hang your head. For others today, 
Maybe you're feeling alone in some of your disappointment. God wants to surround you with some people to spur you on and love you and encourage you in it. That might start by you texting a friend, being honest about what you're walking through, letting them know so that they might pray for you, so that they might call you and and cheer you on. For others, the best next step is gonna be to text the word CONNECT to 320-320 so that you can check out the inside track or join a small group. For others, maybe you've been distracted by a lot of the the hot button topics of today, right? Maybe you've, you've taken your eye off the ball and today you're gonna receive Jesus' invitation to love him is to take care of his kids, is to look after his kids and you're gonna take a step on mission. So you know what, in light of everything that's going on today, I'm gonna get locked in and focused on reaching people who may not know him or don't have a relationship with him. Who's somebody that you can be praying for? You can post that in the chat. You can put a name or some initials and we can join you in praying for them that they might come to know him. Maybe you're gonna give them a call after the service. Whatever the case, you're gonna be used by God to reach people who may not know him. So what is he saying to you and what are you gonna do about it? Let's respond together.